Let's Go Racing Family Podcast, sharing our love for NASCAR, running, and just racing through life. Hosted by Sebastian, Giovanni, Karen, Tony, and me, Johan. Each week, we'll talk about our view of the world through the lens of racing. Another week goes by and another Sunday comes where we have another fun NASCAR race. This week it was at Kentucky Speedway, which was a pretty cool race. Um, And it was a rare occurrence for two reasons. First of all, there was no weather delay at all, which was really nice. Finally, first time. No no rain, no lightning. Hallelujah. I think if it feels like this has literally been the first race this season where we weren't impacted by rain or lightning. And when they showed the first shot of the track and it was like blue skies, I thought that was something that was previously recorded. But it was for today's race. So it was really good that it. And can I say something? Really nice. Actually, there's other races like Vegas, Phoenix. Yeah, but that was so long ago, and it seems like since we've returned to racing, literally every race has been impacted and delayed. So it was great to finally have a race that was supposed to go off at a certain time actually go off on that time. So, yeah, that was that was pretty cool that there was no there was no weather delay. And also, this race is usually a Saturday night race, but they made it a Sunday race. So it was in the daytime. And did they talk? I thought they talked about that, right? How that might impact the the racing and the cars. There was only one um, race in the day, 2013. For Kentucky? Yeah. But what did they say about the fact that because it was a day race in Kentucky versus everyone was used to night races, that obviously what would be different? I think we kind of saw that with like some of the drivers who are typically really good at that track, like Kyle Busch, Kurt Busch, uh, Martin Truex Jr., those guys are really good at the track, and I think we didn't see them as well today because it was a daytime race, and they're normally used to the night. So they didn't really have the same data, the same information they could go rely on because that track was a lot hotter as a different time of year uh, than normal, and uh, they instead of cooler temperatures when they run at night. So. Yeah. Um, so take us through what happened. What happened in this race? Because it was, it. I will tell you, it ended up being a very exciting finish. I love the finish because guess who won it? Well, before I tell you who won it, I'm going to tell you about the finish. The front two were Harvick and Marshall Schoener. I'm going to tell you a fact about um, the the day before this race. Um, Kevin Harvick's son uh, um, won his first go-kart race. Um, um, first go kart race, and Harvick was looking for the Harvick sweep, but in the restart, um, Harvick um tries to pull in away from um Truex. Well, before we get there, though, let let your let your uh, let your brother tell us, like, take us through the stages. So let's talk through the stages first, and then you can take us to the finish. Okay. So what ended up happening in the first part of the race? And who won stage one? Well, Kyle Busch had a lucky first pole position with Eric Amarillo in second. However, Eric Amarillo was going to be the dominant car that stage. He led 128 consecutive laps. That was absolutely insane. We've been seeing Eric Amarillo get better and better. He's definitely been doing better at like these tracks since we've gotten uh, back. And 
he actually took home stage one. I was not surprised to see that he was up there. I just was surprised that for that first part of the race, it looked like he was just going to run away with it, right? He was dominating and it just, it, it felt like it was culminating his his top five streak. He'll finally break through with a win. Eric Amarola has been someone that has been super consistent the last few weeks, always top five. And if you're up there, things will eventually break your way and you'll be up there to, to potentially take home a win. So thinking that this was the day, but obviously it, it ended up somewhere else. But who won uh, stage two? Stage two was won by bad Brad Keselowski, who we are going to have a very interesting conversation because the last 30 laps probably were the best part of this race. You had four different leaders, two restarts, and the surprising winner, who we'll get into. But first, let's talk about the restart. So the restart you're talking about is the one the, that involved the 48, 19 right? laps to go. So with 19 laps to go, Johan, why don't you take us through what happened? So um, Ryan, right now, Ryan Blaney, Marshall Jr. are battling to the lead. Jimmy Johnson is has a fast car passing everybody. He was coming. Caution comes out. They restart. Um, Brad goes low, and I think this was on purpose. Gra- Brad goes low. Jimmy Johnson is blocking, and Brad Kozlowski on purpose. Hashtag Brad Kozlowski stinks. So you're Lex over Jimmy Johnson. You're over the Kevin Har- hashtag Kevin Harvick stinks no. now. Now it is hashtag no. Brad Kozlowski stinks. No, I'm not over Kevin Harvick. You, you got to forgive the guy. We're that was have, like three races We're going to have ago. a giant pile of hashtag drivers stink. Yeah, every guy that gets into Jimmy Johnson, you're, you're not going to have any guys that you're going to root for. You got to learn to let go, Johan. A little bit of forgiveness. Anyways, so Brad Kozlowski. Ends up taking out Jimmy Johnson. At least that's the way I see it. Hashtag Brad Kozlowski stinks. That's how you call him now. I agree with you, Johan, on the part that Brad Kozlowski wrecked Jimmy Johnson. Now, whether or not it was intentional, I do think he bears the responsibility. Now, Brad Kozlowski should be suspended. Okay, I don't know if it was that far. For the rest of the season. Maybe for the rest of his career. (laughs) Let's let's hear what mom has to say because mom does not agree with you or me or Jeff Gordon. Or actually, no, she agrees with Jeff Gordon. So why don't you tell us what your thoughts yeah, are? Yeah, so Jeff Gordon is the professional. He's the one that was the NASCAR driver, and now he's the broadcaster. And he made the comment that Brad had a lot of speed, and he was going to go down and around um, – Jimmy Johnson, he said he had a, he had enough speed that he would have gone into the grass to be able to pass and keep going, and he was not going to let go of the um of the of the accelerator. And then Jimmy was going for the block, but Jimmy was too late for the block, and so that's what caused him to spin. Now he spun him out. I wouldn't go as far as being exaggerated and saying he wrecked him. He wrecked because him. he spun him out. He wrecked him. He didn't spin because I mean, Brad he wasn't wrecked. Had Brad not. Hooked him in the yeah. rear. You're making it. Jimmy st- Johnson would not have spun out and been taken out. Jimmy had one of the stronger cars of the day. He was finally showing something near the end. 19 laps to go during a restart. Brad, I get it. Jimmy was going to block and probably could have gotten there sooner. 
But as soon as you see, and you can't, I understand these cars are going fast, but you can't take your foot off the accelerator. You can brake so that you don't take out seven-time champion Jimmy Johnson at the beginning of the race. And Brad Keselowski only has one championship well, in, because in, he's in the worst Brad, NASCAR driver Brad, of all time. It, it wasn't the beginning of the race. I, I'm in sorry, Brad's at the defense, end of the race. You in know what Brad's I mean. defense, though, had he hit the brakes... If these guys are running right behind him. They're uh, again. They're all stacked up. He could have taken out half the field, and he braked. Yeah, it's no. easy to say these things, but you don't drive a car every week at a hundred and ninety something miles an hour to say like, "Oh yeah, take your foot off the accelerator." Because you're right. The person behind him could have. Do taken you know why him I think he could have done that? Because if you saw the next restart when a similar situation happened, he decided he he learned his lesson. He wasn't going to go down there and try to to, to uh, hook a guy and he just stayed where he was, ended up pushing a guy who ended up going up to the front. So you can't tell me that Brad does not bear responsibility for taking out Jimmy Johnson, period. That's my that's my p- opinion. You may not agree with it, but on this one, I do agree with, with Johan. Jimmy Johnson was wrecked by Brad Keselowski. Yeah. But, and- yeah, but dad, I'm using your own words. When someone is going fat, and has a run but there's a person in front of them going slow they have the right to move out the way so that they can pass them well would you rather have seven time champion be left out to dry like Joe Logano last year well I just thought that Brad hooked Jimmy Johnson and took him out and I don't think it was Brad intentional had momentum it was and intentional. he was moving out from behind Jimmy Johnson to continue his run and Jimmy tried to block him and got turned. It You're making excuses because you're a Brad Kozlowski no, fan. No, I'm not a Brad Kozlowski fan. Yes, you are. I, as you a, are secretly- as a NASCAR fan, I'm just calling it how I see it. And that's exactly what Jeff Gordon said. I don't blame either one. Like, I don't think, he, you know, I'm like, oh, somebody, this person did it on purpose or the other one did it on purpose. I'm saying Jimmy he bears Johnson, responsibility for taking tried, him out. Jimmy Johnson tried to block. He came down way like it was it was not enough time for him to to put the block because Brad was already there and Brad spun him out. You know, it wasn't very hard for me to find a, a gif of Brad spinning somebody else out because we were texting about this. And yeah, that wasn't Brad so spinning anybody that out. Just, he, that Brad it was Brad spinning loose. himself out. I get that Brad was not trying to do it. In fact, I think he even expressed a sense of regret because he doesn't like taking guys out, but he does kind of bear responsibility. His nose hit Jimmy Johnson's, uh, was it, left rear of his car and spun him out right there in a restart. Like, I get it, but, like, you're restarting. Like, there were still 18 – how many laps to go was this? 19. 19 laps to go. If you have a fast enough car – Yeah, but he's going faster. He was fast – had more momentum than Jimmy Johnson. He could have just – past Jimmy Johnson and as Jimmy Johnson picked up the speed his you know his pace and his speed he could have probably passed him again on another lap I get it or but turn. you just I don't know you 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 gotta you gotta there's a sense of responsibility out there like he has to bear responsibility we're gonna talk about the last restart where you know I like Ryan Blaney but man he did a move that nearly took out the front half of the field and is partly the reason why okay, another no, driver take, won. He didn't do a move to take out anybody. He, he drove went in down. A, he, went he went down, down on the drove apron, over an apron, hit the hit the the grill, and it bounced him up. And even in the post interview, the post race interview, Kevin Harvick said that he was like, "Yeah, he, you know, Blaney was down at the bottom, and he hit the grill, and that pushed him over towards me." 
but that's Tony. That's driving. You can't say the way you're like, oh, has to bear responsibility. It's like it's like you're like, oh, well, as a driver. Oh, no, here comes a grill because I'm going this, you know, no, this but fast, if you're going to and I'm not, you know, and, and it's like you're 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 almost saying like these people are 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 reckless and they're driving without, you know, knowledge of what they're doing or whatnot. No, like I'd when Blaney was down there reckless, trying to pass, if you he did not realize move, that hitting that grill was going to drivers out. drive him up more. Move him up the track into Kevin Harvick. And for the record, in those last few laps, they were like bottling up. They were all getting into four wide and everybody was trying to race as fast as they could. So, Tony, it's called racing. If you go down into a place where you're going to possibly take somebody out or you you got to you got bear responsibility. Right, Sebastian? Gio, what do you guys think? Honestly, I think with. Brad Kozlowski, yes, he needs to bear responsibility, but he also, to mom's point, had a faster car. He showed that. He had the momentum. He was able to make a move, get to Jimmy's quarter panel, and was able to, he, he had Jimmy not come down. I think Brad would have passed him. Had Jimmy uh, came down at the right time, I don't think Jimmy would have been taken out. But Brad did have the amount of speed to pass. You However, guys are he making should up stuff. take responsibility for taking out Jimmy Johnson. Everyone should take responsibility for their actions. But this is the same stuff we've talked about with the Kyle Busch Chase Elliott back at Darlington or the Ryan Blaney Kyle Busch situation at Pocono. Everyone has this thing where they think that they're going faster, but then it turns out they're wrong. It's mistakes. So Brad Keselowski thought that he had that he was going to be able to do it and just pass and Jimmy Johnson thought that he would be able to block but they miscalculated and so we have this incident again they have limited they have limited view they can't see around them like when you're playing NASCAR heat five I I get I get that guys I get that it just it's just a restart it was just so clean that he just he hooked them he hooked them and so I get it like look there it yes racing it's racing Rubin's racing that's a big part of it uh, Jimmy Johnson's a big, you know, big boy. He's seven-time champion. I know he can handle a car, but the way I looked at it, he got hooked, and you know, Brad was the guy that was flooring his gas pedal to to uh, finish that off. And I don't say that Brad was doing it intentionally. I we joke about those things. I don't think Brad intentionally wanted to take out Jimmy Johnson. I think there's a lot of mutual respect between the two guys. But at the end of the day, even Jimmy Johnson's done stuff where he's taken a guy out. And I don't think he did it intentionally. He was just racing for a spot. That's all I'm making the point is that I believe Brad Kozlowski took out Jimmy Johnson. I don't think it was Jimmy Johnson's fault. I think that, you know, that's where our opinions differ. But in any event, what ended up happening? How did this race, because that wasn't the last bit of fireworks for this race. There was a, one more major restart. And Johan, why don't you take us home? Kevin Harvick and Martin Truex Jr. are on the front row. No, that, wait, it was Ryan Blaine. Uh, no, it was Kevin Harvick and Martin Truex Jr. They restarted on the front row. They're, um, Harvick tries pulling away. Truex tries um, pulling away too from Harvick. But then suddenly, if you look closely on the bottom of your screen, when you watch the race, um, you can see Matty D um, gives Cole Custer a push that um, gives Cole Custer to run down the backstretch. Truex tries blocking, almost causes a wreck. Then coming on the turns, um, Custard stays high and they're too wide. Custard um, takes the high lane, or 
um, takes the high lane, Truex goes low, so does Harvick. Custard's able to get around, or able to get around Blaney. Meanwhile, on the bottom, um, some, I think he hit something when, um, that was bounced. the grill your mom was talking about. It was like a drain or something. Um, he bounced, went up, hit Harvick. Um, oh, Harvick almost hit Truex. Custard gets around Truex, and Custard is the first rookie to win at Kentucky Speedway, and he's the first rookie to win since 2016, Chris Buescher. Yeah, that was an exciting end of the race. I was surprised. I was yelling because I thought that Blaney, when he bounced and went up into Harvick, Again, it wasn't intentional, but he did go something in that reaction and that the reaction to that was his car almost took out Kevin Harvick to the point where Kevin Harvick's car was like smoking like crazy and he was essentially taken out. Um, But to see that happen and Cole Custer just happened to be in the right place at the right time. He had a strong car. Don't get me wrong, but he he was smart in the way he played the restarts. You know, we were talking about that. The if you watch the race in the turns, they actually the 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 lane was darker, right? And what was that compound they called it? It was like a it was some kind of grip compound that they put on the track. So essentially, there was more grip wherever that compound was for the tires to stick to the track better. And that's exactly where Cole Custer was at. And so he was able to take advantage of all the stuff that was going on, all the shenanigans between Blaney and Harvick and all of that. And he was able to drive to the front and uh, put his car out there and ended up winning. It was amazing because as we kind of looked back at all the restarts at one point with like, what, 15 laps to go, he was in 13th place. Now, he did lead a lap early on, but I think that had to do more with was it green flag, yes, green flag pit stops stop. and all that? So, I mean, he did lead a lap middle of the race, but to lead the last lap to get up there so quickly, he went from 13th place to winning the race. And he took that last lap lead and ended up winning it. It almost felt like the end of a Talladega or a Daytona with all the lead changes on those restarts. So I uh, thought it was very exciting way to end the race. Well, breaking news, um, actually, I just made the breaking news because Cole Custard, apparently, he said, um, they said since he won that race, he's in the all-star race, baby. Yeah, he is. And and where that where's that going to be? We're going to talk a little bit about it in a second. It's Bristol, Bristol, baby. yes. All right. So why don't you take us through the top five? All right. So we know Cole Custer got first. Martin Tricks Jr. got the second place. Matt DiBenedetto got third. Fourth place was Kevin Harvick. And then Kurt Busch got fifth. So in terms of our Let's Go Racing Family 5, like our favorite drivers, um, really the only one that did pretty well was Mom, where Ryan Blaney finished in six. I think the rest of our drivers, they just it was kind of an off week. Well, Dad actually got... The second best, which was Clint Boyer, he got 14th. And then I followed right behind with Joey Logano on 15th. Kyle Busch and Jimmy Johnson didn't do too well. Kyle Busch finished 21st and Jimmy finished 18th. At least he got a top 20. I just, I, I, I don't understand. Like, we've been talking about Kyle Busch. He's been struggling, you know, and, and, and a lot of people have said, well, is it that you said this, Sebastian? Maybe it was a lack of practice. And I kind of dismissed it. But. Then I've been hearing even on the NASCAR news circuit, they're kind of saying the same thing. So 
I don't know. I don't know what's the deal. Maybe this all-star break will, you know, shake things up for Kyle Busch. Um, and, but yeah, he's, he's def I'm now I'm w- willing to say Kyle Busch is struggling to finish 21st and, you know, the last year's defending champ. I don't know what's going on. I mean, something similar like this has happened to other drivers. I remember Joey Logano had a bad year in 2017. He didn't do good. He was kind of struggling. Wasn't in the top 10 like he normally is, top 15. And after that year, he came back and won his first championship in 2018. So I think this this year might just be a bad year for Kyle Busch. Well, something embarrassing. Um, a rookie beat Kyle Busch for their first win this season. That's embarrassing. <laughs> that embarrassing. That paint scheme for Kyle Busch is not helping either. Why? That, like, I feel uh, like every time he wears that scheme, it just. And you, what is the scheme? Automa- Describe it for our listeners. It is a weird, like, disgusting purple. Purple, which then you have the M and M's, but one of them's half open, and then it's stuffed with brownie, so it looks like it's a bunch of like dirt and. Bad. So you're so you're thinking it's the mojo from his paint scheme is not yeah and yeah. the only one who actually likes the scheme is Johan Johan I bet I was the only one who was happy for Cole Custard well well I know you were excited you do have a fondness for the rookies well the only reason Mom doesn't like Cole Custard is because um um she says that um. Daniel um, doesn't like it how Daniel Suarez got um, moves from Stuart Haas to um, whatever that team is. And she doesn't like it. So she, because mom was a fan of the 41. I feel like um, um, it's um, Joe Gibbs' fault because if Joe Gibbs didn't move Suarez from the 19 to the 41, they wouldn't be in this situation. And mom would kind of like custard. So, So that's what it was. Well, yeah, mom was a is a is a Danny Suarez fan and 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 wished that he would still be in that in that car because Chip Ganassi puts out some good cars. Obviously, they're they 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 can win. You said oh, what you said, Stuart Haas. Oh, Stuart Haas. Oh, my bad. Sorry, not drove, Chip Ganassi. Uh, you know what? Did for... Chip Ganassi have the forty one at one point? No, I thought no. he had like the. Are you he sure? 40, he's always had the forty-two. The one in he's the had 42. the forty-two, but I also thought he had the forty-one for the longest time. No, the back when the uh, what's his name uh, used to drive it. Um, Mayfield. No. Kurt. Bu- no. Kurt Busch. No. Jeremy. Now is it Jeremy? Jeremy Mayfield. No, not no. Jeremy Mayfield. Oh. He forty-one, and I th- he's won like Coca-Cola, Coke Zero, four hundreds. He's I on NASCAR. Cars, huh? Yeah, yeah. Not he. Jamie McMurray. Jamie McMurray. He's, he's the drive- one car. He's the one. He was the one. No, no, no. no, no, no. He used to drive he the twenty-six the- back in the day in in and NASCAR. Did he drive the forty-one at one point? No, no, it's the one. Well, we'll have to look that up and oh, he see. He drove the forty in his last day twenty-five. We'll have to we'll have to check that out. Okay, maybe I'm wrong, but anyway, sorry. Stuart Haas, Stuart Haas has been pushing out some really good cars uh, with uh, Kevin Harvick and Eric Amarola, and, and Cole now Custard. Cole Custer to win. So it's just you know. Eric Amarola, he can feel really good. He's got some really strong cars behind him. All he's got to do is just get Clint up there. But anyway, to wrap up this segment, we're going to go ahead and talk about the Let's Go Racing Family race picks. So um, I'm going to start with the worst, which was Dad, who chose Chase Elliott and got 23rd. Wasn't he like second or top five at one point in the He race? got smacked in the wall. He got shuffled out. That's why I said, uh-uh-uh, bad So he idea. got smacked in the wall. 
last no, year. No, last week. Oh, last, last year. year. Oh, okay. um, he got shuffled out during green flag pit stops, and he had to go in for longer. And that's what happened. Okay. So Kyle the Busch rest didn't do finish? too well at all. He got 21st. Uh, Johan chose Kurt Busch, who got fifth. Mom got Martin Tricks Jr., who got second. And finally, for the first time ever, I got one point with Tyler Reddick in 10th. That was good. And and yes, we glossed over it, but your mother got the most. She got two points because her driver finished in second and nearly got three points because I actually thought he was going to win. Yeah, when I was I disappointed because I thought he was going to win. So, yes, I in was your not, face, Martin Truex I was Jr. not happy with <laughs> Cole Custer winning because for the first time, I actually wanted Martin Truex to win so I can you, get my three points. Would you, would you, would you bought a T-shirt? Absolutely not. <laughs> I just needed him to give me three points. All right. Wait, I have a question. Would you rather buy a t-shirt of Cole Custard or Martin Truex Jr.? Oh, that's a good question. If you had to wear one, which one would it be? I'll choose the or shirt. Truex Jr. or Cole Custard? The or Cole What about or? Custard. I don't like those kind of games. All right, T-Bass, where are we going next week? Well, on Wednesday, we are doing the NASCAR All-Star Race at Bristol Motor Speedway. This is going to be a very unique race as for the first time ever, we are going to be having um, lights under the cars glowing and um, restart lanes. So think of it like we were watching actually this weekend Fast and the Furious, how they put the lights under oh the cars. Oh my goodness, that is going to look so cool. That's what they're basically going to do. I, I'm like super excited about it. It kind of reminds me, and I know for pure sports purist out there they don't like messing with things but do you you guys were too young but karen do you remember when hockey experimented with a glowing puck on screen and when they hit it the puck would like light up or whatever i'm not a huge hockey fan but that made it a little bit more interesting and so that's kind of what i think nascar is trying to do they're adding a little spice to their all-star event i'm i'm super excited about it and the best part where are they going to be racing johan Wait, what do you mean? Like the All Star Race? Where are they the racing? The last great Coliseum. I th- wait, Bristol. Can you cut it out? I thought you were talking about Texas. I was gonna. No, where are they see- racing at the All Star? Say it. It's Bristol, baby. Thunder Valley. So I'm pretty excited about that. The one of the first times, actually, it is the first time that they've ever done the All Star, and it's only the second time they've raced outside of Charlotte. Before we move on, let's talk about the All Star event. So it's not just one race, right? There's two races. There's an open, which basically, if you think of the all-star race, it's the the, the, the top drivers that have, have won in the past year, um, former champions, former all-star winners. They all are going to be in the field for the all-star race, which is actually the second race of the night. I think it goes off at 8.30. But before that, everybody else that wants to enter can enter into what is called the NASCAR Open. So that race happens at seven. So basically, if you're not an all-star, on you, you don't have an automatic bid to get into the all-star race, you can race your way in to that race. And so I remember years ago when we were following Scott Riggs, he, I think it was in 2006, he didn't have an all-star bid, but he had a really fast car. He won the Open and ended up w- racing in the all-star and almost won that race. And so this is a great opportunity for drivers that may not have a win, but have fast cars. One that comes to mind is like Eric Amarola. He doesn't have a win. He's not automatically in the all-star race, 
But if he wins one of the stages, he gets in to the All-Star. So that'll be kind of interesting. Now, when we were talking about the All-Star race, you guys were talking about this earlier, and I didn't really get it. What's going on with the race restarts and the lanes and all that? Okay, so NASCAR is introducing this new system where during race restarts, drivers have the ability to pick your lane when the restart. Because usually it's the only the person in the lead who doesn't. Now, before you get to the start-finish line, there's a certain point that you have to choose. Are you going to be in the inside lane or the outside lane? And if you don't pick by that time, you will have to go all the way to the back for the restart. So wait a second. You just need to decide or if you pick the wrong one, you get pushed in the back? No, you just have to decide. Do you want to restart on the inside or do you want to restart on the outside? And and everybody behind you has to line up behind you? or No, or it's just they the- get to choose anyway. So if you're in first, or if you're in third and the you can choose whichever lane. You don't have to start in behind so first. So every row, you get to choose whether you want the inside or the out. Yeah. That sounds crazy confusing. Like, so be- imagine if two cars want the same spot. Like, what's going to happen? Maybe they might be able to, like, just line up, and then you have to have, like, the cars then wait a spot since the, you've got the row um, right behind each other. Okay. Well, it'll be – that's going to be kind of interesting. We'll see. I think – the fact that it's at Bristol's exciting and then you have the undercarriage lights, I think that's going to be pretty cool. It's going to look really cool on TV. At least I think it will be. Probably look even cooler if we were there in person, but unfortunately that's not that's not possible for us this year. Well, I know a YouTuber I like who's going there, Eric Estep. Yeah, shout out to Eric Estep. He's going to be at the Bristol All-Star Race. Um, After the race, I got a video to watch. <laughs> yeah, you do like watching his videos. All right, so that's the All-Star festivities, right? This Wednesday night, prime time, which I think will be kind of cool. Nice break in the week. Then we get back to Sunday racing, points racing, which will be Texas Motor Speedway. Pew, pew, the O'Reilly pew, pew. Auto Parts 500. All right. So we talked about this. We didn't want to do race picks for the all-star. Well, we can pick race, but they're not going to count, right? Is that what you were saying? Yeah. All right. So who do you guys think? Let's go around the table real quick. Who do we think is going to win the all-star race? So mom's leading. So we'll let her go first. Kevin Harvick. You think Kevin Harvick? All right. That's a, that'd be a great pick. Maddie D. Is he in it? <laughs> He's He'll be in the open. So for Matt Dividedo, I always butcher. Yes. Matt, Maddie D. If he is to win the All-Star. He would have to win the Open or a stage in the Open, get in the All-Star and win. So that's who you think is going to do it? Uh, Yeah. All right. Gio, who do you think is going to win the All-Star? Come back to me. I'm still thinking. I think Kyle Busch. This is his. Are you drinking the? What kind of M and M's did you eat today? (laughs) You really think Kyle Kyle. Busch? No, no, no. He was up there on. No, no. The question is it what who you wish or who you want to? Who do you think is going to win? Kyle Busch. You really think Kyle Busch is going to win? I do bad. Or is it going to be the purple M and M's? That'll be a shocker if he does. Uh, I'm going to go out and say Eric Amarola has a little something extra because he's been running really hot. So I think he may end up. you know, upsetting and winning not only an open stage, but getting in the all-star and actually winning it. All right. So I had to go through three drivers, but I think I'm going to choose this one. I think I'm going to go back to my favorite, Joey Logano. 
he's won this race before. He's good at Charlotte. He's put in some good times, and I think he's going to win this race. Not Wait to mention, not I to actually mention, I want to change my pick. Oh, now you're going to change your pick? Okay, because no, we're locked not, in. It's locked no, in. It's locked in. Because we're not doing points. He can change it. My right. new pick is Jimmy Johnson because he finished third, and I wish the top two, Brad and Boyer, wrecked out. All right, Jimmy so you won. think Jimmy's going to win. That'll be a that nice story. That was actually a pick of mine. I was thinking about going for That'll him. be a nice story. So we'll let you change your your pick because this, again, isn't a points-paying race, so we're not going to count the points in our standings. But with that said, who's leading our points? And then let's do our picks for Texas. Mom leads the standings with eight points. Dad's second with seven points. I am third with six points. You have Johan with five points in fourth. And while he is last, he finally got a point, Gio. Gio I'm is, happy I at least have one point. Gio is on the board. I told All you right. Reddick would get you a point. So, Karen, who you got winning in Texas on Sunday? Oh, this is another hard one for me to say, but he better do something really good. He wasn't great today, and I don't think, I don't, but he was, he's been really good and uh, pretty consistent on these mile and a half tracks right yeah because this one's like home this Mm -hmm. texas is like homestead in atlanta it's a fast track though i'm gonna go with different denny hamlin denny hamlin wow that's a great pick all right you didn't steal mine who's kevin harvick kevin harvick i don't know wait a second did you just jump me in line sir i think i should go but i'll let you get because he got he got two points no, we're talking about total standings. We should oh, go in order of standings. standings. Yeah. Oh, my bad. I no, it's it was, all right. We'll let him have it. It's Kevin Harvick. Night. All right, let's just go in order around the table. Gio, who do you got winning? I'm going to go double races. Joey Logano, he's really good. At, I've seen some good times at Texas with him. Bunch of homers here keep picking their favorite drivers. Let me see. Sebastian, who are you going to pick? Um, I'm stealing a pick of yours, Dad. Eric Amarola. Eric Amarola. Woo. You know... I probably would have picked him, but you know who actually I think is going to win? Mark Tricks Jr. Nope. I actually think Bad Brad. I think he's going to win in Texas on Sunday. If he wins, I would lose my mind. You probably will. So maybe that's part of why I'm picking because I can't wait to see your excitement near the end of that race. But hopefully maybe Jimmy Johnson might have something. All right. That's for next week. And now it's Tony's Six Degrees of NASCAR, where Tony tries to connect pop culture with NASCAR in less than six degrees of separation. This week is Giovanni. Giovanni, who am I connecting to NASCAR in less than six degrees of separation? Well, he's one of mom's favorite actors and... He just became a chonker in one of the Avengers movies, Fat Thor. Um, <laughs> Fat Thor himself, Chris Hemsworth. Hemsworth. All yep. right. Well, when I heard that Chris Hemsworth was the pick, I actually made sure to ask, was this mom's pick? Because we all know how much of a favorite Chris Hemsworth is for mom. So, yeah. Chris Hemsworth, known as the God of Thunder, a member of the Avengers, it Thor himself. Well, you know, Chris Hemsworth has actually starred in several major film franchise reboots, right? So he was in Men in Black, the new Ghostbusters, the new Men in Black. But he was also in a racing movie. And I thought maybe that's where I'm going to get my connection. He was in a movie in 2013. It's called Rush. 
And I thought, maybe that's it. I remembered that there was this movie, Rush. Unfortunately, when I went to go research it, that movie has nothing to do with NASCAR. It's a Formula One movie, so it's something that Uncle Kevin knows a lot about. So that's not how I'm going to do it. It's about Formula One. So I started thinking, how else can I connect them? Well, he hasn't really done any Grand Marshal work for NASCAR. So I thought about another major movie franchise reboot that he starred in. And it's actually the one that gave him his big break in Hollywood, which was Star Trek. Star Trek. He played the dad of James T. Kirk. So even though his, it's kind of weird if you watch the movie, I'm not going to give it away. He didn't actually share a scene in that movie with Chris Pine, but Chris Pine is the way you're going to connect, right? So Chris Pine, who plays James T. Kirk, was the Grand Marshal of the 2016 Indianapolis 500. Why is that significant? That was the 100th anniversary. Well, we know there's a lot of crossover between Indy and NASCAR. You know who came second that year? Juan Pablo Montoya, former NASCAR driver and driver for Team Penske. And that is how you connect Chris Hemsworth to NASCAR in less than six degrees of separation. So as we get ready to wrap up our show for today, we'll go through our Racing Through Life segment. And we're going to talk about how COVID is impacting what we're thinking about for school this coming fall. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, school is just around the corner. And I say unfortunately because I'm a parent who doesn't really look forward to the start of the school year. I really enjoy summer break with the kids. And um, even though this year, because of COVID, we really haven't done anything. It's just been really nice to be home. And and so now with school um, coming, to be honest, because of the situation, I was really, as a parent, I was hoping that the school year would have been pushed back um, some, you know, past its actual starting date, especially because the cases of COVID have been going up a lot, especially here in Florida where we live. So I thought that would be something that would be taken into consideration when it came to deciding on the beginning of the school year. But um, school's going to start in August as planned. And uh, but I will say, though, that our the schools, at least in our district, they're giving us three different options to choose from. Uh, as parents, we have the option to choose which method of um, schooling we would f- we feel that is safer for the kids. So uh, the kids are going to be able to do face-to-face, which is actually physically going to school and being in a classroom. Uh, the second option is what they call digital learning. So the kids will spend about five to six hours a day in front of the computer being taught by a teacher as if they were physically in class but they're doing it at home through the computer. And then third, that the third option is uh, virtual learning. So they will do virtual learning through the county's virtual learning. I know other counties are doing it through the Florida virtual. So that's kind of what happened, how that school year ended in a way last year for us. It was it was kind of a hybrid between virtual and digital where right. some of the some of the classes they had like a teacher and I know for Sebastian, you know, his teachers more it was more or less kind of a check in. Um, and I don't know if Gio or Johan, if your teachers actually taught you and you watched the lesson going on. But in any event, what do you guys think? Uh, what are you guys thinking about school starting? Are you excited? I'm personally the one that is the most excited to go back to school. What are you looking forward to? 
I'm looking forward to um, seeing everybody again. And I actually, the most interesting thing is how they are going to do school while dealing with the coronavirus. Like, how are they going to do the lunch system? How they how are we going to be able to walk from class to class? Because usually a lot of people group together whenever they move from one building to another. But what are you most looking forward to? Is it literally to see how it happens, like it's an experiment? Or are you looking forward to a certain teacher uh, subject or a certain, you know, class? I'm I'm excited to go back to the band and start playing music again. Well, that's yeah, that is something you can't really do digitally or do it as well. So, yeah, I can definitely see that. Giovanni, what are you looking forward to or are you looking forward to going back to school? Not much. I'm, I'm not excited. Whatsoever. So you'd prefer to do maybe one of the virtual or digital options? Yeah. What about band? Because you're in band too. Are you as interested in doing band or you're okay with maybe not doing it as much? I mean, I'll play my instrument from home. Okay. So you, you'd still do it. You think you could just do it from home? Yeah. Johan, what do you think? Meh. <laughs> That's your feeling about school? So you're not excited? Well, the only thing I'm really excited for is science because it's my favorite subject. So, but do you care if you go to school or are you more interested in doing it from home? Doing it from home because I like relaxing all day and watching my favorite thing, YouTube. Well, but you're not going to be watching YouTube while you're doing school. So that's not even going to be an option. When school starts, you're going to not be able to watch as much YouTube. So would you prefer to go to school and have a teacher teach you and you see your friends? Or would you prefer to do it from home and be home with me and mom and your brothers? No, of course not. Of course not what? Being home? Going to school. So, so you'd prefer to be here? Yeah, it's more relaxing, more comfortable, especially the seats. The seats at school are card, not cardboard, plastic. Hard plastic. So what if we got you a cushion? Would you go back to school then? Maybe. Of course not. So Maybe. Okay. So oh, so that, that may do it for you. you. If you got a nice cushion, you may consider going back. Okay. So it's comfort for you guys. I just think at this time it's a it's a little it's hard, especially for the younger kids, at least in my opinion. I don't know how you can social distance children. You know, they're they are gonna have to wear masks and even that, you know, kids will wanna take those off and touch their face and you know, but again, like my main concern and like Sebastian was saying with the halls is Sebastian and I Sebastian actually goes to the same high school that I went to, and when I went there there were less students than what they have now. And I remember, you know, it was like herds of students walking through the halls. And so you can't, I mean, how are you going to social distance all these kids that are going from building to building? And like I said, the school has now grown significantly. Well, I think a big part of that is, you know, they've given us the option to select, right? And they want us to do it in a certain time. So they can figure that out and know about how many kids are planning coming back. Because I, I, I would suspect that there's, it's going to be kind of in the middle, right? I think there's going to be a big group of people that are like, nope, send my kids back. Or the kids are like, no, I want to go. And then you're going to have a group of families that are going to be like, uh, no, I'd prefer to stay home. And so I, I don't think it's going to be all or nothing for either option. And so I think 
by that natural selection of people saying, I want to homeschool or virtual or whatever, you're going to have less kids in the school and then it'll make it easier to social distance. I think your point is very valid if, in fact, there was only one option. Send them all back, then yeah, how are you going to do it? I think just the, you know, the the natural selection of people that are going to homeschool or do virtual you'll have less kids in school. So it'll make it easier to do that. that. I mean, again, I don't know for sure, but that's what I'm thinking. Well, I'm going to roast some um, kids like in high school because um, kids like come um, younger than me, probably my age will want to touch their math, but some teens will not, they'll be serious, but jerky teens will rip it off their face. Roast. And not wear the mask. So you guys think any of your friends are going to have problems keeping their mask on if you end up going back to school? I think some. I don't know who exactly. I think, though, I think it's mainly going to be like, what, what? Uh, Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Or, oh, I need to scratch my face. <laughs> okay, like that. Okay. I think um, you may have to write, raise your hand to have a drink of water um, or scratch your face and like, um, um. Yeah, and the teacher's like, yes, what do you want? Can I scratch my face? And then the teacher's like, sure. And then the other kid's like, can I have a drink of water? And then the teacher's like, sure. See, even something like that, like water fountains, like taking a drink of water, water fountains. Yeah, I mean, that, well, stuff those like are that always change. Those were gross. I'm like, Geo, those were gross before COVID. I wouldn't, touch, I wouldn't touch a water fountain even before all of this. If I have to, I very, yeah, I but, take a very small sip. But just because we don't touch them doesn't mean that other kids don't touch them. And that's like a whole, like, you know, sanitary well, situation. I know Gio won't have any problems wearing his mask because when we bought our first set of masks just for you guys to try on, I remember the first day Gio was sitting by the computer with it on almost the entire day. So I think he'll be comfortable, right? Yeah. I think there's a lot of things to consider when you think about school um, besides just the mask issue. And, uh, yeah, we've got a lot to think about, and so it'll be kind of interesting. I know it's kind of crazy to think of where we are in the world right now, and with COVID, nobody could have imagined that we would be here like this. Um, But here we are, and now we're hopefully getting closer to some normalcy. It's just, what is that going to actually look like? We don't know. Well, speaking of school, actually, tomorrow I'm doing virtual vacation Bible school. Are you excited for that? Yeah, because it's my favorite trains. Oh, that's right. You're uh, you're either going to be a NASCAR driver or a train conductor, it's right? It's officially I'm being a NASCAR driver. Oh, so, so you're not going to be a train conductor? No. No, just a NASCAR. All right. All right. All right, Giovanni, another show in the books. Why don't you take us out? Well, guys, that's actually going to wrap up this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening on in. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and download our podcast episode so you can listen to us whenever you want. Let's go racing family. Out. Out.